Welcome to Mastering Mortgages, presented by Revolution Mortgage, the podcast that demystifies the world of mortgages, real estate, and homeownership. Our goal is to empower and inspire homebuyers, real estate professionals, and mortgage industry leaders. My name is Danielle, and I want to invite you to join me as I sit down with today's guest to talk about practical tips and valuable insights into the mortgage industry. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Mastering Mortgages podcast. We're thrilled to have a special trio from our Lubbock branch with us today. Joining me are Savannah Holton, Kendra Watson, and Ashley Laycock, who are branch production managers at Revolution Mortgage. In this episode, we'll dive into the various types of mortgage loans to empower you, our listeners, with knowledge about your options. So with that, let's get started. Thank you so much, Kendra, Savannah, and Ashley for joining us today. We are so excited to have you guys on this episode and just to talk about uh, understanding different loan types and just get to explore that a little bit more. But I just wanted to kick it off with something that's a little more fun first and wanted to hear each of your answers. If uh, imagine money were no object, what kind of dream home would each of you choose and where would it be located? So who wants to kick us off with that? I would love to live in Victoria. Um, I don't really care about the home as long as it's, a, it's something comfortable. My husband and I went there for our honeymoon and it was the most beautiful, quaint place we've ever been to. And we've always talked about um, going back or maybe having a vacation home there someday. I'd say I'm the exact opposite, um, which probably won't surprise us. Um, I would love to live in New York City. I would love to live in a little brownstone or a condo, something like that. Um, of course, that's a money was no object situation, but my favorite place in the world. I go several times a year and spend as much time there as I can, but that's definitely my happy place. And I'm going to have to go with the beach. Um, House right on the beach where you could just walk out, but it has to have a pool too. I thought about this really hard. Still a pool, (laughs) salt water. You can only take so much of that, Um, but definitely house right on the beach just gorgeous view me and my husband both love the beach anytime we go on vacation that is where we typically go and I think that would just be our like 100% happy place yeah I like the uh different answers that we got with that one I think I would probably be on board with the beach as well I like the sunshine and hey that's why we're in Texas right so (laughs) um Perfect. Well, it's so great to um, have some other Texans here. And, you know, we just want to dive in today uh, talking about different mortgage options and just understanding the different loan types. So, you know, mortgages offer um, a diverse range of choices, each with its unique features and benefits. Could you go ahead and provide an overview? Uh, just the multitude of mortgage options available for somebody that might be listening that is very unfamiliar with this, maybe, you know, just basic knowledge of this so that somebody who's listening could understand. I really think the most important thing that if somebody doesn't know anything about mortgage should know is just to make the phone call and just to ask the questions and just say, hey, this is my situation. Because the thing is, is that in this market, especially with Revolution, 
there are so many different products available, so many different loan types. We've got loans that go down for lower credit scores in the traditional market. We've got loans that don't need any income verification. We've got loans that qualify based on the income from the home itself for investments, in addition to all the traditional loans. So I actually met with a couple this morning in my office that they want to start investing and they have the money to do it, but they don't have the income to do it based on what they write off on their tax returns. And they were like, we've been putting off talking about this for a year because we just don't want to be laughed at. And I was like, no, we actually have like three different options for that exact scenario. So if you don't know what you're doing and you don't know everything, and we tell you mortgage, nobody knows everything. There's so many different programs and so many different regulations. So don't feel like, oh, I don't know. So I'm just not going to start. Like definitely reach out and ask the questions because the odds are that there's a program that's going to work for you just because there's so many of them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Asking questions is huge too. Like, don't be scared. I always tell, especially first time home buyers, do like, no question is a dumb question. Like we are not going to be like, oh, you should know that because had I not been in this business, I would not know anything. And that's to be expected on their end too. So um, ask away because like Ashley said, there are so many different programs. It's just all dependent upon the individual itself. I, I totally agree. And just to echo and expand on what these two ladies just said, we get asked all our time, all the time about our story and why we came over to revolution. Um, and our blanket answer is that we have a product list this long. There's literally a loan program out there for everybody. Um, you know, depending on their situation and it's our job to help them identify that loan program, what's best for them personally. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. And, uh, you know, kind of like you guys are saying, mortgages can be complex, but there is a way to simplify it once you get down to, um, what people are looking for and what will be the right fit. So I like what you guys are saying so far, but I just want to dive into this a little bit deeper and maybe uh, Savannah, since, you know, we already have you uh, kind of talking about this a little bit. Uh, could you kind of talk about how you discover the right loan option for a borrower? I know every situation is going to look different, but how does that process kind of look? Um, sure. So the first step in the application process is to gather information from the borrowers, the, the future buyers. We go over their credit, their income, employment history, assets. Um, we really take a good hard look at their situation. Um, and based on that and our prior knowledge and experience, we're usually able to match them up pretty easily um, with what we think is the best option. And then we also give them several others as well. So really just taking a good look at that application is the first step. Um, and at that point, that's when we're able to issue a pre-approval as well. Definitely. And uh, Kendra or Ashley, do y'all have anything else that you want to add to that? <laughs> Love the support. Uh, great. Well, then um, another thing that we just kind of wanted to cover a little bit, um, I know that y'all mentioned, you know, whenever you came together and created this branch, uh, decided to go in this together, um, it's just important for, you know, to be on the same page with um, putting the customers first and everything. 
So I want to hear a little bit more about, you know, how did the three of you come together and decide, you know, let's, let's do this. Let's create this branch and uh, make something awesome and, you know, tailored to the customers in our area and across Texas. And then uh, Kendra, why don't you take that one? Okay, perfect. Um, and then y'all are going to let me elaborate when I'm done. Um, uh, we, so I actually knew Ashley uh, prior to Revolution. Um, me and her worked at a, another bank together for a very long time. And then um, she went off to another place. I stayed and then eventually moved over to where she was. And then um, even kind of prior to that, I did meet Savannah, but never in person. Um so I totally went off of Ashley's <laughs> perception of her before I got to know her. And amazingly, me and her are a lot alike. All three of us are a lot alike, but in um, different ways as well, which I think is what um, helps our our team go together. Um, we did research our transition for a while before we actually uh, made a, a move. We wanted to make sure that we were picking the best company to go with. And at the end of the day, that was revolution. And we are still very thankful and happy. Um, and just, it's such a, a free feeling, I think, for all of us to um, have done this on our own. You know, it's scary uh, making a change. And we were worried about uh, would people follow us? Um, Lubbock is a very small town and small town people uh, want to support their local um, companies and getting the word out that we're all still from Lubbock. Nothing has changed. Just our name has changed. We're all still together. It wasn't just like a company came into town and moved people there that have uh, no Lubbock background or anything. And we've had some amazing success with that. And I think that has been so rewarding to all of us. Um, Savannah and I had both been with another local lender for quite some time and they were great and we had a great run with them. And it had just gotten to the point where they had brought on so many lenders. And like Kendra was saying, our community is very small. And really when you've got one institution with, you know, 10, 11 lenders at it, you start to feel a little bit buried. Um, there was one day where my phone rang and it was Pat Fenton and he just said, Hey, I've got an opportunity I want to talk to you about. And typically the answer would have always just been no, but just happened to be that day. I was like, okay, let's talk. And then Kendra had been at the credit union for about six months at that point. Cause I had begged her to come over and then I come to her and I say, Hey, let's leave. So, <laughs> so then the three of us really kind of started sitting down and running numbers and looking at what made sense for us and for our families. And as much as we did love the place that we were at, we just had to look at kind of what we saw being successful for us long-term, especially in a shifting and moving mortgage environment. In the last few years, mortgage has evolved more than it has in the 20 years before that. Um, so you've seen some difficult rate environments, but also on the heels of all this new technology and everything that's coming out, you're seeing so many people that are marketing differently, that are coming up with different products that are more unique and innovative, things that maybe a traditional bank environment doesn't support as much. And we were starting to see that become successful in our smaller market, which is something that had always scared me. And when I saw other people taking that leap and, you know, having that success, you know, we all just kind of started talking about like, we can do that. And so we researched the companies, like Kendra said, and Revolution was just the right fit. 
Yeah, no, that's awesome to hear that you guys, you know, are pretty like-minded and came together and have been able to play off each other's strengths. Um, but I also just want to hear a little bit too, and maybe uh, Savannah, you can take this, just talking a little bit about being a three-manager team of all women. Um, it has actually been absolutely wonderful because while we are all very similar, we are very much very different at the same time. So before we made the leap and came over to Revolution, we sat down and kind of did a division of duties. So we talked about our strengths, our weaknesses, what we wanted to do, we loved to do, what we didn't like to do as as far as a management, from a management standpoint. Um, so we were able to kind of to split up the main things and it's worked surprisingly well. Um, while we all have our own main focuses, we still work together as a team. You know, we're one individual unit. And um, what I like to say is it's kind of like a self-contained ecosystem where we all have our own things going on, but we work together every single day to um, overcome obstacles, to take the best care of our customers, um, basically just to always put our, our best foot forward. Yeah, no, that's great. And um I just like hearing about how, you know, y'all really come together um, and been able to share the responsibilities, but also just have your own way of contributing and your own things that you're working on. And uh, I just want to see if, you know, uh, anybody else wants to touch a little bit on just your perspective um, of being on the team and how each of those responsibilities are and how they can kind of balance each other out, um, you know, individually, but also coming together. We, all three of us women um, have families, have children, and a lot of our employees do as well. And I, I mean, I know in my heart and Ashley and Savannah's heart, taking care of our employees is number one. And um, we all have the understanding that kids get sick or somebody's got a game or somebody, you know, has a school program. And um, it's so nice. I feel like working here because when our employees ask us if they can go to, to something like we're like, please, yes, go like um, there's there's no uh, hard feelings with any of that. And I, I know working in a corporate world before you were only allowed, you know, so much time or you felt like you um, had to take your lunch break to only do stuff like we, uh, you know, if your work is done and you are caught up, like, please go feel free to do whatever you need to do. Or if you need to leave early for your family, like that, I think that is like first for all of us um, is, is family first for sure. And then uh, division of duties, um, I would say like, because we are all different, like, with our division of duties, it totally like fits our personality. Like I kind of tend to the um, office and the supplies and um, take care of conquer, uh, entering all of our receipts and stuff. I'm a numbers person. I'm an organizational kind of person. So that uh, that position fit me well. Um, Savannah's really good with numbers as well. And she likes spreadsheets and stuff. So she takes care of the PL. Her and Ashley kind of do that a little bit together. And uh, Savannah and I were a little too scared to take on the personnel position. So <laughs> any employee, um, if there's employee issues, which I mean, 
we have not had any, and I do not anticipate to have any, but um, Ashley uh, took on that as well um, for us because we were scared. But I, I don't know. It just kind of fits. I don't know. It's it worked. It has worked out really, really well for all of us. Yeah, I appreciate that insight and um, just understanding a little bit more of how it all balances each other out. And Ashley, uh, did you have anything you wanted to add to that? Um, just how, you know, it's, uh, it can be different, but also just, you know, having kind of that manager perspective of where you have the power to make the difference there. No, I mean, I would say for me, as far as the last part of the question you just asked, as far as having like the managerial perspective to make different decisions, um, this is a complete 180 from the question, I think, but it answers the second part of your question. And that I think that's been a real game changer for us too. And knowing that if we need to make a decision to do what's right for the borrower, for the customer, we can, and we don't have to worry about going and getting levels of approval. If somebody comes in and says, oh my, I had one borrower that was like, hey, listen, like I know that my cash to close is going to be this, but this just happened. My dog got hit by a car. He needs a surgery. It's, you know, $800. That's going to put me short $500 for funds to close. And I was like, absolutely go get your dog surgery and we'll take care of $500 or closing costs for you. Um, so just having, I would say from the managerial position, having the power to make the decisions that allow us to go home at night and put our heads down and sleep and knowing that we've done what's best for our team, for ourselves and for our families and for our borrowers, number one, um, has been the biggest shift for me in coming over here to, to run a ranch. Yeah, no, I really like um, hearing that and just, you know, being able to understand like where that comes from. That's really great. And I guess just to kind of move on to uh, another topic here. You know, it's no secret that our current market has created some hesitation for homeowners and potential um, home buyers or maybe potential investors. But do you have any advice for borrowers that are in this current market? Maybe they're on the fence or, um, yeah, just any advice for somebody that is thinking about purchasing or exploring different finance options with the current market? which, you know, this is as of end of November. Um, we'll see when this episode comes out, but just wanted to state that as well for people that will be listening in. And Ashley, while I have you, why don't you go ahead and start with that? Yeah, so this is one that I'm actually really passionate about. Um, I think that anybody that's out there looking right now, this is an amazing time to buy. And that it's not just me saying that because of what I do. That is something I'm very, very passionate about. If you look back at 2021, even halfway through 2022, especially in our market, if you're a first-time home buyer and you're entering that market and your budget, say 250, you were getting priced out every house you looked at. You had to go in, contract in hand, ready to ride it, because at 250, those offers were coming in at 260 to 280. They were doing appraisal waivers, appraisal gap waivers, saying, hey, if the home doesn't appraise, we'll pay you the difference in cash. There's just all this big, massive market momentum um, that was really keeping people from entering the market. Now, people that are entering the market right now, we would never say you should stretch your budget and you shouldn't feel comfortable with your payment, but call us, talk to us, let us find the payment you're comfortable with. 
because we've already seen rates start to come down. They've dropped almost a point in the last two, three weeks, which is huge. I think especially going into an election year, we're going to see that further start to decline. And what we're going to see is we're going to see all the people that have been sitting on the fence come back into the market all at once. And it's going to create really kind of a mini version of what happened in 2021. Like, no, rates aren't going to be in the twos and threes, so it's not going to be everybody rushing the market. But it is going to be two years worth of buyers that have been sitting there watching and waiting, running in all at the same time. So right now you can go in, you can get a decent rate, just make sure you're comfortable with your payment and you can still live your life. That's number one, that's key. You can get that decent rate, but you can also get such a good deal on a home. You can go out and you can have your choice of five or six different homes in your price range. You can ask the sellers to help cover your closing costs. We've got people getting into the houses with zero money out of pocket. Then you turn around on a rates drop and you refinance. So for instance, I had somebody the other day tell me, We'll, we'll probably wait until rates are in the twos or threes again to refinance. So I had to explain to them as much as we hope rates, you know, get back into the twos and threes. That was in response to a global catastrophe. We don't really necessarily predict that to happen again. But at the same point in time, you can still refinance more than one time and you can refinance for a pretty low cost. Refinances, this guy actually said, I thought refinances are about $15,000. So I was like, absolutely not. I can see your hesitation. So if someone thinks refinances are $15,000, they're not. Um, a refinance typically, depending on you know your title policies, appraisal, that kind of thing, cost-wise, you're looking between two and $3,000 generally. Um, so you can refinance as often as you want to. So anytime you see you know the rates drop three quarters to a point, you can go ahead and take advantage of that. So just make sure you're comfortable with that payment. Because you get in this house now, you might get ten dollars to $15,000 off the list price. You might get the seller to pay for five dollars to $10,000 worth of your closing cost. Then you turn around six months, a year, whenever the market dictates and you refinance, that costs you two to $3,000. Instead of waiting until everybody rushes the market again, then all of a sudden you've got all this competition, you're going to be paying top dollar for the house, you're going to be paying all of your closing yeah, costs. Cost. That can essentially cost you Twenty to thirty thousand dollars that you missed out on previously by getting in a, in a market less department. Yeah, I'm glad that you touched on the refinance too, just because I think people hear that and they think, oh, well, that's going to be another closing, so there's going to be all these costs associated with it. So, um, hopefully, you know somebody that is listening and may want to explore refinancing either now or in the future, near future, then. Uh, they can rest assured that they talk to their lender um, that, you know, that's something that is definitely an option. So, uh, well, let's hear from somebody else too. Uh, Kendra or Savannah, um, let's just hear what advice you may have for somebody that is either potential, um, going to be a potential new homeowner or maybe even somebody that's looking to potentially invest, but could be on the, on the fence with the current market. It's totally short and sweet, but to exactly what Ashley said, um, I wish I was a little more creative in coming up with my own slogan or meme, but marry the home, date the rate. I know that has been out in the market and, and people have probably seen that a lot, but it is absolutely 100% true right now so that you don't wait and um, get into the crazy market again where there are several 
offers on homes and uh, it's harder if you're an FHA buyer because during that time it felt like they were just throwing out FHA pre-approvals because they had conventional offers you know right there so I think that is uh, such a very very true statement and I think too if you're on the fence um, I feel like I've had a lot of borrowers lately too you know they're not sure what their credit looks like or can they do it or maybe they're not going to be ready until next year I still think it's an awesome time to go ahead and apply let us look at it and if you know that you have credit issues we can create and help with a credit plan to get you where you need to be and then you also have an idea um kind of a worst case scenario without any seller concessions or anything assuming you know that went away or or whatever but you have an idea of what you're looking at as far as uh what you would need for funds to close i i think that's important important for people and not wait until like right when you're ready because that then I think the disappointment factor when you maybe don't qualify right then it hits a little harder versus if you maybe don't qualify right now even though you know you're not buying for six to 12 months at least you have a game plan on where you need to be um so when you are ready to buy all that's taken care of and you're not having to wait a couple more months I like that. Yes, I think it is definitely important. Um, you know, if somebody's listening and they don't have a game plan yet for going into uh, looking for a home, then that is a great place to start just to take a look at everything and see if there's any action that needs to be taken uh, to help them get a better chance of getting into the home that they want. So I'm glad that you, you touched on that. Um, and then Savannah, uh, did you have anything that you wanted to add? Um, I know that Kendra and Ashley definitely covered some great points already, but just wanted to give you a chance as well. Sure. Um, so right now, like my my word of the year really is opportunity. Um, like really just trying to get the message out there that there is so much opportunity in real estate right now. Um, I read something a few months ago and it said, the best time to buy a house is always five years ago. And that couldn't be any more true. Um, in most markets, most of the time, real estate tends to appreciate year over year. So every year you wait to buy a house, um, you're you're actually losing out on that, um, on that equity, the automatic appreciation. Um, and that is especially true in this market right now, because there's so many deals you can find, um, kind of like what Ashley and Kendra said, um, there's room for negotiation. You can go to the sellers and get a lower sales price. You can have them pay all of your closing costs. I mean, there are so many ways to make, um, make things happen in a, in a fantastic way to a buyer's benefit that I think if, if buying a house, if real estate, um, investing is something you're considering, um, right now is actually the perfect time to do it. I have a really good quote to read. So in 1971, the interest rate for a mortgage was 7.33%. If you waited for interest rates to go down, you wouldn't have purchased a home until 1993. You would have rented for 22 years waiting for rates to go down. Meanwhile, the value of real estate quadrupled. Don't wait to buy real estate. Buy real estate and wait. I like that. Um. Yeah, well, I just also wanted to hear kind of Flipping the perspective on this question as well is what advice, and Kendra, we'll start with you this time. Uh, what advice do you have for maybe your peers in the mortgage and real estate industry who might be listening um, 
just with, again, with the current market. Have uh, visited with realtors about is all of us, we really have to work together. Um, now is probably the most important time in getting the message out kind of what we have been talking about that it's still a great time to buy and like savannah said there's so much opportunity out there i think it's really important for us to not um harp on where the market is and try to turn the view around um into more positive thoughts versus oh rates are high or you know uh, harder to get qualified or whatever it may be but show the positive sides of things um, I know realtors are having a hard time as well. Um, there's not as many sales going on. And so they are in the same position as, you know, some mortgage lenders. And I think if we all just band together and keep the positivity up, I mean, I wake up every day and I just, I tell myself, I'm like, today's going to be a good day. Like maybe yesterday wasn't, but today's a new day. I get to choose my own destiny. Um, I've, I've got to, I've got to make it a good day. And if that means, you know, me making one phone call to a realtor or checking in on a borrower or whatever that may be, I just think it's important to stay positive, um, within yourself, because I know that's been really hard for some people. Yeah, I can definitely see how that would be a challenge. Um, just being a realtor or maybe another lender. Um, but yeah. Uh, let's see, Ashley, do you have anything um, that you want a piece of advice maybe for peers in the mortgage industry or other real estate professionals? Yeah, absolutely. Um, kind of just to echo what Kendra said, like this is obviously a hard market. It's obviously not the market. And honestly, if we look at 2018, this is still a good market, but we're all coming off of 2020, 2021, 2022. We're coming off of those numbers, those expectations. And I think what we just have to kind of get back to the realization of like, yeah, we just hit a big hard market. We're about to start growing again, hopefully. Um, you know, those numbers were an anomaly. They were fantastic. But now it's time to build and grow a stable foundation that you can build a long-term business on. Um, you know, really just sticking with it right now. It's not about the numbers like compared this year to last year. It's really about the numbers looking at, okay, where am I at in comparison to, and by I, I mean like our company, your company as a realtor, where are you at in comparison to percentages based on where you were last year? And that's where you're going to see if you're having growth. And, um, you know, if I look at my numbers for this November compared to last November, I would probably not get out of bed. I'd be like, what has happened to life? Um, <laughs> but when I look at our branches numbers compared to other companies and towns numbers, I can see that we're taking market share when I look at, you know, what's out there in the market versus what we're doing and, you know, trying to just focus on a different aspect of it and to look at, Hey, you know, our piece of the pie is growing because of the work we're doing every day. So try to find, you know, a routine to stick with, but then try to find a way to look at those results to motivate you. So when we look at it, we look at it as our market share is growing. And that might not mean that we have the numbers that we had a year ago, but that's because it's a different market. But when the market turns, because we've been working so hard on our market share, we'll reap the benefits then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just to kind of reiterate what both of you have been saying, I think, yeah, somebody that's listening that um, is in this industry, you know, just keeping that positive attitude, but then also just 
remembering that there are some things that are out of your control, like you're talking about last year to this year. Uh, you could be doing everything the exact same, and there's just things that are out of your control. But Savannah, uh, let's hear from you as well. Do you have anything else, uh, any other piece of advice that you may want to add to this? I think um, as long as each of us wake up every day and make the decision to do our very best, do all we can for our clients, for our real estate partners, everybody involved in the transaction, our coworkers, um, you know, we really dedicate ourselves to that and we really, really nurture the relationships that we have um, that we'll look up in hopefully 12 to 18 months if and when the market turns and we'll come out on top. Um, I feel like the world kind of always has a way of working like that. Um, as long as you're doing your best, you know that's all you can do. Um, it usually works out in your favor. Yeah, sweet and simple. I like that. Thanks, Savannah. And uh, just, you know, kind of applying all of this, I think this really um, just makes me think kind of about the future. You know, there's only so much you can do with what we have right now, but I would like to hear, and maybe Kendra, we can start with you on this one, but I just want to hear briefly what your team's personal goals and visions are for the future. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, definitely long-term, uh, going back to what Ashley said, market share. I mean, I think we would love to be Lubbock's number one mortgage branch. Um, I think that is a vision that is extremely possible and one that we all have, um, while maintaining the excellent customer service that we have. Uh, for sure, because sometimes when companies grow big, uh, that can tend to be one of the first things that seems to fall off the bandwagon. So um, definitely that. And we do want to grow um, just a little bit more. We don't want to get too big. Um, I think we would love to have possibly two more loan officers on our team and then kind of cap it off there for the for the time being. Um, I, really, I mean... Yeah, those those would be my two top things, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Savannah, let's hop back over to you. And let me just re uh, reword this a little bit. Um, what are areas of focus and growth maybe for your team or for yourself, we'll say, just to make it, give you a couple options there. So our motto around the branch is to always provide white glove service. Um, so that really, that is our vision. Um, and we hope and pray that even in the busiest of times, we can still offer that to our clients and to our partners. Um, as far as growth, I, I think it'll just happen naturally as long as, again, it goes back to what I was saying a few minutes ago, but as long as we're doing our best and really giving our best service to each and every person that steps foot in our door, I think it'll just happen naturally. Um, like Kendra said, we would love to be the number one mortgage company in Lubbock. And we've had the opportunity to be number one in Revolution several times since opening. Um, I just, I think if we, if we all give it all we've got, that's going to happen. Um, and we'd like to do that while, while maintaining a really, really great level of customer service. Yeah. And Ashley lit. Uh, let's let you finish this one off. 
Yeah, so I mean, I'll just reiterate what they've said. Um, for the long time, I, it's always been white glove service, white glove service. Um, over the past few years, I've had the same assistant and processor. And just recently, one of my borrowers forwarded me an email they got from them, and they're like, "Hey, just checking. I think I've did it. I've did. Oh gracious, I've done everything on Kristen's list." And I looked and I read over Kristen's email that she sent him, and I just remember feeling like this huge like sense of pride. Because her email was just so like well-spoken and conveyed exactly what we needed from them and conveyed exactly how much we cared, you know, showed them how far we would go, let them know, we'll come pick up your documents, we'll do X, Y, and Z. So I think that's really just the reputation in our area that we want to have. It's just that, hey, like call this team, they're professional, they're going to take care of you, but also they care a lot. And I think that just continuing to provide and uphold those values is going to provide the growth that we need. Um, of course, we do still do the drop buys. We do still do all of that, trying to, you know, focus and plan for next year. But I think that people lose a lot of focus in going after just those things and saying, well, we just want to focus on TikToks now. Or we want to do X now or this type of marketing um, and they forget that, especially in a town like ours, that word of mouth is so important and that if we just focus on the baseline foundation, customer service and truly caring, that we're going to see our numbers grow. And then our other marketing efforts, you know, are supplemental and amazing to that. But that that's got to be our number one core, core strategy is just taking care of people. Yeah. And that is such a great point to just kind of wrap up on and end with you know uh when it comes to this industry if the the main focus is not customer service and doing what's best for them then you might be in the wrong industry right so um i think that is so important and you guys and your team definitely exemplifies that really well so um yeah i think that that is pretty much everything we have for today but it's been such a joy just getting to hear more about your branch out in Lubbock and, you know, learning a little bit more about, you know, advice for this current market and just the future goals and um, visions that you guys have. So as we are coming to a close with, you know, another year, but um, thank you guys again so much for joining us again, Kendra, Savannah, Ashley, really appreciate your time and um, just hope that our listeners will really take something away from this. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. To stay up to date with our podcast, please subscribe, follow us on social media, and visit our website, revolutionmortgage.com, to learn more about how we are revolutionizing the mortgage industry. We hope you enjoyed today's episode, and we'll see you next time.